Hello and welcome to the Showboys Newscast, bringing you all news, no opinion. I'm Mike. I'm Nick. And I'm Chad. <laughs> Thanks nice. for joining us. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. And starting off the episode here, we have some Amazon news. Um, and this one's got me excited. So uh, The Boys is getting an animated series. That's right. You heard me right. Uh, Carl Urban made the announcement at the Brazil Comic Con a couple weeks ago. The new, quote, unique and twisted animated anthology series will be called The Boys Diabolical and feature eight episodes set in the world of The Boys. Diabolical already has some big names attached, including Aquafina, Garth Ennis, Elliot and Alana Glazer, Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, Simon... Rassiopia, uh, Rakiopa. Wow, yeah, was, good attempt. That was, good that attempt. was, that was bad. Uh, Justin <laughs> Roiland, though, familiar name there. Uh, ben Bayuth, Andy Samberg, and Aisha Tyler. The this joins the unnamed spinoff in the works at Amazon already, which is set in superhero college, and uh, that one is currently in production. Um, so yeah, excited, uh, animated anthology series set in the universe of the boys um yeah couldn't couldn't get any better i could get Um, behind it for sure uh and it's cool that garth ennis is involved as he is the creator of the boys comic so that's oh yeah definitely uh evan evan goldberg seth rogan both involved in the the show so and justin roiland that's interesting you know from rick and morty uh, but anyways, <clears throat> moving on, we got some Apple news. You know, one of my new favorite streaming services, um, Invasion, has been renewed for season two. So one of my favorite Apple TV series right now, Invasion, recently announced that it's going to be renewed for a second season. The first season of the sci-fi series came to a close on December 10th and ended with quite the cliffhanger, I might add. Uh, the show follows an alien invasion through the perspective of several different characters across multiple continents, telling a, quote, deeply human, emotional alien invasion story. Uh, if you have Apple TV, I, I do recommend this series. It's very, very interesting. Um, if you like uh, like character development, slow burn type shows, Gross. this is a good one. Um Plus, the invasion storyline is kind of cool too. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by it. I haven't got around to it yet, but um, I watched the trailer. It looks pretty good. Yes, I think it's uh, 10, 10 episodes, I believe. I was saying, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, uh, there is another piece of Apple news here for another new series um, called Bad Monkey with some casting news. So uh, several names have joined Vince Vaughn in a new Apple TV drama called Bad Monkey. Michelle Monaghan, who was in The Path and True Detective. Jody Turner-Smith, who was in Queen and Slim and Anne Bolin. Uh, and Meredith Hagner, who was in Search Party and Vacation Friends, will be playing Bonnie, Dragon Queen, slash Gracie, and Eve, respectively. Uh, the series is based on Carl Heisen's popular 2013 novel that follows a, quote, one-time detective demoted to restaurant inspector in southern Florida. And the series will be involving greed, corruption, a severed arm, and yes. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Sounds interesting. Um, it does. It does sound interesting. But uh, I, I, I just saw that. Have you guys watched Hit Monkey on Hulu? It's a Marvel <laughs> character. It looks no, really but, funny. Uh, Biosiv uh, was watching it a couple weeks ago and was telling me that I need to watch it. So yeah, um, I need to watch it too because I uh, <laughs> I loved Hit Monkey. Um, so so it's cool that it's it, it's weird that it's a, on Hulu, but it seems like a lot of Marvel stuff is going to Hulu. Yeah, which I is think e- which is odd, but. I think uh, like the more adult Disney stuff uh, that isn't like PG thirteen yeah. is landing on Marvel or on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, I guess that yeah, that makes sense. But it's definitely yeah, it's definitely not kid friendly, even though it's an animated series because the trailer <laughs> looks pretty bloody. But <laughs> right. <laughs> K 
kicking off some DC news segment here. No, no sound can, effect for DC. Yeah, wait. Yet. Can I just pause here for a second and just sure. say how weird this is that uh, out of the DC segment, like I have two of the five articles. That's fair. That's just that's, it's just that's accurate representation. It feels weird to me. Um, Mr. Democracy 10 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Continue on. Yeah. (laughs) Keanu Reeves recently on the Colbert Report said he was interested in playing John Constantine again and had tried to get a second movie going, but there wasn't any interest from Hollywood. This would continue Reeves' run as returning as a previously played character, which recently included Neo from from the matrix as he resumes his role in matrix resurrections and then bill and ted <laughs> fa- face the music um yes. and obvious ongoing john wick run who knows how many more of those there will be um i will say I'll take a hundred right <laughs> <laughs> does he need to get a new dog at some point maybe he should um yeah probably but he did get a new dog though didn't he i don't sure know. He did i haven't seen them all Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, those aren't really spoiler ish movies. Like you kind of get what's going on there. Um, right. Yeah, that's true. And and the this article, though, was written, though, from the perspective as if no one wants him to return as John Constantine, which I thought was a little audacious. Um, yeah, but I, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah I haven't I'm, seen I'm I haven't seen the movie, but I would imagine he did a good job. Maybe not. I think I think this is this is a story that's kind of been floating around for probably the last six months. I feel like Nick. I feel like we've had like maybe every three newscasts an article about Reeves wanting to play Constantine or he wants a to Constantine do it. sequel being you know like rumored in development and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully it comes to fruition, but it, it might just be one of those ones that uh, just kind of gets clicks. Sites, you know, right? I yeah, think they call point. that clickbait. Clickbait, yeah, that's the name for yeah, it. You yeah. nailed it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yay, glad Mike's here. <laughs> so, Gotham Knights, uh, Gotham Knights series is in development. Geek Tyrant reports that the CW has a new series in the works based on Gotham Knights. Writers from the Batwoman series will be working on the new show which does not have ties to Batwoman or the upcoming Gotham Knights video game. Following the murder of Bruce Wayne, his adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are framed for the murder of Batman. Hmm. I can get behind it. I'm not going to lie. Sounds, uh, sounds all right. I haven't watched any of the CW stuff. All right. The early seasons of the Arrow were good. Um, or the arrow arrow, uh, the early seasons of the flash were good. Uh, but pretty much all the other CW series have kind of fallen on their face. I heard Superman and Lois is pretty good. Um, I I'm interested in this though. Batwoman is not really in, you know, held in high regards by fans, uh, as a CW series. So that is kind of concerning that the writers, We'll be working on Gotham Knights. Also a little confusing that uh, they're calling it Gotham Knights around the same time a video game called Gotham Knights <laughs> is coming out, but then <laughs> they are unrelated. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's from the comics, if this is like a comic run Gotham Knights. Maybe it might be. That Maybe. might be why the name that might be why they're using the names. Um, yeah. I'm not as well versed in the DC stuff as you are, but well, and there's like I don't know, a billion different Batman runs of True. stuff. So True. it very well could be. So speaking of the Batman, the Batman 2 has two separate cuts. Allegedly, Matt Reeves's The Batman has two separate cuts featuring a cameo from a well-known Batman villain. Again, Geek Tyrant reports that Warner Brothers is testing... Two cuts of the upcoming film, one with a certain actor and one without. Actor Barry Keoghan, yeah, sure, yeah. is cast in the film as Officer Stanley Merkel. 
Jim Gordon's original partner. However, the actor's brother claimed on social media that he was in fact playing Joker in the new film. The post was deleted, but the internet was already on the case. Was it a joke or a slip of the tongue? Oh, I see what you did there. A yeah, joke? Right? About the Joker? Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'd heard that old Barry was, uh, you know, this whole thing about him being cast as the Joker would be interesting because he's a good actor. I, I enjoy him, and I think he could. He plays a good psychopath in uh, an indie movie called um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, so I would imagine he would be great uh, as the Joker. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, they showed the trailer both times I went to see Spider-Man. They showed the trailer for Batman, and uh, it looks really good, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It looks really good. You saw Spider-Man twice? Yes. Nice. Um, great. Well, I have a, a, another little tidbit on the Batman here, um, and it concerns a familiar face showing up in a new spinoff series. Uh, so Colin Farrell is officially set to star and executive produce another spinoff series developed by Matt Reeves. Uh, this one is separate from the Gotham City PD series that's focusing on Jim Gordon. Uh, this series will dive into the Penguin's rise to power in Gotham and is described as being Scarface-like. The series will be produced for HBO Max and executive produced by Dylan Clark and Matt Reeves with Lauren LaFranc to write the script. Uh, this is another one of those that we kind of has or have uh, reported on a, a couple times as a rumor. So it's cool to see that it has now become official. Um, and our last little piece of DC news here, um, you know, there's people out there saying that Black Adam could be a, quote, disruptor in superhero movies. Uh, the director, um, man... This, this is a rough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good luck. I'm not even. The director of Black Adam is saying, uh, here's, here's a quote. It's a, it's a nice one. Black Adam is a disruptor in the DC Comics world, and it has to be a disruptor in the way that we make a superhero movie. Um, he goes on to say that he wanted to create new technology, and they developed the way Black Adam moves, flies, and his costume. Um, that then trickled down to every other character. Uh, the film is set to introduce some new characters, including Adam's wife, Adriana, uh, the Justice Society of America, Hawkman, who will be played by Aldous Hodge, Adam Smasher, who will be played by Noah Centennial, Cyclone, who will be played by Quintessa Swindell, and Dr. Fate, who will be played by the acclaimed Pierce Brosnan. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Dwayne Johnson has been talking a lot of, you know, it's been hyping up black Adam a lot. saying he wants to yeah, face off against here. Henry, Henry Cavill's Superman, uh, casting of Dr. Fate was pretty huge for this. Uh, it'll be cool to see the JSA Hawkman's a cool hero. Um, I don't know. I also s saw a few articles floating around out there about how, uh, Dwayne Johnson, had all of the like muscle padding removed from his suit. Yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, he doesn't really need muscle padding, dude. Right, like, just a giant muscle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, who was the costume designer on that that thought that he needed yeah. to put in padding for him? Exactly. <laughs> Never heard of the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, me either. This little known actor. Um, yeah. Anyways. Well, on. moving on to some gaming news here. Splinter Cell is getting a remake. Ubisoft announced recently that a remake of its original Splinter Cell game was in production. Helmed by Ubisoft Toronto, the remake will be built from the ground up in the studio's Snowdrop engine. The engine used for the Division games, as well as the upcoming Avatar and Star Wars titles. Although conflicting reports have surfaced, the remake appears to be staying true to the linear nature of the original title instead of transforming into an open world. The title is in its earliest stages of de development. However, remaining true to the original seems to be an important component to the team working on the remake. Very interesting. 
sure. I uh, I have not. I, I mean, I played the Splinter Cell game, but like uh, what seems like 30 years ago. So not necessarily something I'm, uh, you know, nostalgic for, but I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. So moving on. Microsoft is making their biggest making the best of their biggest disaster. Microsoft seems to be celebrating one of the most famous disasters of all time with a poster sold by them. To celebrate the release of a new docu-series looking back on the platform's history, Microsoft has released a poster featuring the Red Ring of Death. <laughs> the infamous look of a bricked Xbox 360, which plagued the console generation can now hang on your wall, which I, man, man, this really irritates me. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to put my opinion in here, but printed on high quality (laughs) paper stock sourced from Japan, the poster (laughs) showcasing one of gaming's biggest controversies can be yours today. Literally Uh, that's ripped right off their website, by the way, high quality paper stock sourced from Japan with your money (laughs) that they stole by selling you broken Xboxes. Sorry. Sorry. It's so funny. <laughs> Just hang up the red ring in your room. Yeah, Just have nightmares. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's just a crappy thing to do. It's too early. Too, too early. Forever ago, right? It's like yeah, that needs to be ago. like thirty years down the road. Not, not. You know, I'm still bitter about it. Maybe that's uh, what can ma- that. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the actual thing behind behind all of this. <laughs> the pain. <laughs> So, moving on once again, Big Name is showing interest in the Mass Effect series. Staying true to his nerdy roots, Henry Cavill, is it Cavill? Cavill? I always say Cavill, but uh, I could be wrong. I always say Cavill. All right, so... Henry Cavill has stated that he (laughs) would love... No, you're supposed to pick a a different, a third different one. A third one? Yeah. Cavill. Cavill. Yeah, there you go. So he has <laughs> he has stated that he would love to have a conversation about the upcoming Mass Effect series, stating that his interest in being part of the cast would depend on how closely the rumored series stays true to the games. Reports began circling last month that Amazon was nearing a deal with EA to adapt the sci-fi epics. Could we see Cavill as <laughs> Commander Shepard in any live-action series? Cavill has teased <laughs> Mass Effect via social media in the past. However, he seems to be showing real interest in the project. Uh, being a, a seasoned Mass Effect veteran myself, um, <laughs> having played the game, uh, the original Mass Effect 1, a whopping two times in the last week. Whoa, <laughs> uh, easy, Tiger. I think this would be cool. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, love, I, yeah. I love Henry. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of great stories you can tell with Mass Effect. And, you know, why wouldn't I like another sci-fi epic? I think True. I think he, he should definitely be part of the cast. I don't think if they were to do it based on the games mm-hmm. and Shepard was in there, he should not play Shepard. To me, no? Shepard's more of like um, the dude who plays um, in The Expanse. Holden? Holden. Yeah, he's that's more that kind of character than Shepard. Shepard's between Holden and Cavill, but I don't know. Henry's just he's Superman, he's the Witcher. Yeah. Shepard isn't like this giant buff dude. He's kind of like in between. It's like a, a little weasel, space weasel. Yeah, space it's, weasel. He's closer to Holden in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. Well, that that's the thanks for being a buzzkill, Nick. Uh, <laughs> just bringing down our our news cast. Appreciated. Uh, but moving on Speaking to one of my bringing favorite down the newscast. <laughs> Jeez, please. Oh, uh, we have some uh, amazing League of Legends uh, news from Worlds twenty twenty one regarding the viewership. Uh, so Riot Games says that this year's League of Legends World Championship 
hit over 1 billion total hours watched across 34 different streaming platforms worldwide, uh, including the finals between Damwon Kia and Edward Gaming, which hit 73 million views at its peak. Uh, China touted a whopping 69 million of those 73 million viewers uh, of the finals. World's uh, 21 played 121 games, which was the most ever during the course of a world championship with two of the other highest viewed matches aside from the finals, of course, being uh, Damwon Kia versus uh, T1 and Damwon Kia versus Mad Lions. Uh, Worlds 2022 is set to play set to take place in North America. Uh, you know, they do different cities throughout the month-long tournament with the finals landing in San Francisco, uh, which will be exciting because it's been uh, you know a handful of years since Worlds has been in North America. If only North America was better. <laughs> You're telling me, bro. <laughs> You're telling me, dude. Moving on. After years of speculations, attempts, rumors, and everything in between, this year's Game Awards gave some of the most concrete details of a live-action Halo series to date and of late. It was announced that we are to expect a live-action series as soon as early 2022 on Paramount+. Plus. The brief teaser introduces audiences to an alternate universe, but with a lot of familiar characters and, of course, the scene-stealing Spartan himself. The series will feature Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief, uh, Natasha McClone as Dr. Catherine Hazley, and Jen Taylor voicing Cortana. Nice. Did you guys ever watch uh, Shoot? Yes. That yes. one random Halo live action series was like four episodes. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was two of them, actually. It was uh, Halo Forward Until Dawn. Dawn. Forward yeah, yeah. Until Dawn. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that that one, one is really good. I liked it at least. Yeah. I believe that was the same people that made um, District 9. Oh, uh, that's a great movie. Interesting. Uh, I do or, own like the Blu ray of that series, by the way. Oh, wow. I didn't. Okay. I guess I did. I did remember seeing that in stores. Um, yeah. I think they took a lot of the same like style and like concepts from District 9 filming and applied it there. So, yeah. Yeah, it worked. Uh, I I think it's be I mean, I think it's if you got the Blu-ray, it's probably like a movie now, right? Versus a series because they were only like yeah. four. I mean, they weren't very long episodes. Yeah. So, um, I watched it a couple months ago just as a movie, and I, I yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, obscure series on Blu-ray, uh, remember how I was talking about how I was, I was rewatching Video Game High School? Yeah. Well, I was talking with uh, our chief moderator in Discord, the old Fortress Tiberius, the other day, and, you know, telling him that I was going back through it. Uh, and he's like, you know, I actually have the Blu-ray of that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I bought it when, when uh, like, the second or third, you know, whenever the final season came out. I was like, because I'm probably never going to see a physical copy of this ever again. And I don't right. know if they'll take it off YouTube, so I want to have it. And I was like, dang, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, committed. I didn't even I didn't even know that was a thing. To be honest. Same. Yeah, the more you know, the more you know. Something we need to know more about. <laughs> it's a slick transition there, bro. The the Ubisoft Quartz platform, <laughs> developed by Ubisoft Strategic Innovation Lab, was announced recently, and quote, a place where you will be able to acquire digits. The first Ubisoft NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, playable in an HD game and relying on an energy-efficient technology, according to Ubisoft's official site. Digits are initially coming to Ubisoft's Ghost Recon Breakpoint as unique collectible in-world cosmetics that players will be able to buy and sell. Ubisoft will release digits in limited editions, and each item will receive a unique serial number on the blockchain for other players to see. NFT holders of these digits will be able to sell their tokens on a Ubisoft Quartz platform and others to buy. Nice. And this is all uh, kind of building from, I think, obviously, recently Discord had that issue where everyone got mad mm -hmm. that they were going to introduce NFTs. And 
Yeah. Slowly, I mean, the resistance needs to just break down because ultimately what they're trying to do is say, hey, you can actually own all the stupid cosmetic crap you already pay for anyways. Right. And you can resell it. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, a lot of, I mean, if you've listened to Showboys at all, you know that we're kind of fans of crypto and all of the new innovations that are coming about, you know, regarding our realm of film and gaming. Um, and like you said, a lot of people were angry about the Discord NFT integration, which makes no sense to me. Um, so many were angry enough that Discord decided to scrap that plan. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to see how people react to this. Um, but like you said, uh, I-, I get a lot of people thinking that NFTs are kind of like a scam. But when it comes to NFTs and gaming, like, they already exist. They do I mean, already exist. Except it's already there, right? And now you can resell the things that you buy in the game. So, like, well. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It just, how can you get mad about that? And yeah. another, another thing I, I was reading too about it um, to where it could simplify and even like put more value into like people wanting to buy these cosmetics or even items. Right. Mm-hmm. So say a series like mass effect or a series like Assassin's Creed where they're, you know, they're very long running stories or anthologies. Well, say you buy, a certain weapon or item in a previous game in later versions of the game, you can take that item with you. Cause obviously, cause now they're like, Oh, buy this, you know, buy these special packs and you can get a bunch of items from a previous game. So like Assassin Creed is notorious for that. Cause you can always get the, the outfits from previous game versions in the current game. So this would just kind of like make those more Pokemon card ish. They Mm -hmm. can be collectibles and like they're, unique and or like of set counts like there's only 50 of these items it's it's just like a cool little thing to add to an already established system yeah and like jordan has uh like explained and talked about uh, a few times on the podcast like in mmos nfts like make the most sense right like your your loot drops like the legendary sword you get from raid boss x you know only five of those exist in in the game right and you can like those are now nfts and that well as an example those would be nfts now and you could go and sell those to other players for real money creating like a real value based on the rarity and obscurity of the items that drop in the game or whatever things like that i don't know this could be an entire episode of of the podcast uh so i don't want to waste too much more time on it but uh, a lot of potential uh here yeah. with this it's like know. straight uh ready player one style stuff to be honest with you mm-hmm. if you guys have seen that movie i have yeah. not but uh oh I, my I, goodness mike what are you doing <laughs> with your life bro <laughs> dude you gotta go watch that movie like that's that's absurd man <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy watching web series called Dad, bro. Right, exactly. That's the problem here. Yeah. Big sad. <laughs> anyway, moving, moving on, on here to the MCU. Yeah. So more crossover films for Tom Holland potentially. The recent, agree- most recent agreement between Marvel and Sony has brought back Tom Holland Spider-Man for another solo outing as well as a crossover film. No Way Home is the solo film agreed upon by the companies, leaving one more crossover film on the table. Sony Pictures chair Tom Rothman has confirmed the title is still happening, stating that the two companies have a great working relationship that could continue. Reports have been swirling that another Tom Holland solo trilogy could be happening as well. Amy Pascal has stated that this is not the last time we will see Tom Holland's Spider-Man on the big screen, Yeet. which makes me makes me a, a very very happy nerd because nice. I love him. Very nice. Moving on, more Netflix characters to appear in the MCU. Could we see the return of more Netflix Marvel characters in the MCU? 
Some have been confirmed. However, others remain on the streaming giant that are more than worthy of MCU renditions. Wilson Fisk, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Punisher, to name a few. I might have said Iron Fish, actually. It's Fist. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a slur there. I I pictured a a giant iron Iron salmon fish. (laughs) Feige recently stated in reference to these characters, quote, I always say whenever a character comes back into Marvel Sandbox, it becomes another tool in storytelling ability of the MCU. As I said before, the good news is all will be revealed when people actually finally watch. End quote. Will we see more Netflix-verse characters make their way into the MCU? Time will tell. I hope so. Particularly Fisk and uh, The Punisher. Those two, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure, Fisk for me. And I would love to see, even though he, even though he's not, it's not even possible. But Kilgrave and Jessica Jones, I, I just loved mm. Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. Such a fantastic way to play that Very character. Good. Very good. So but moving on to so more a good little segue here. Yeah, right. Moving on to more news. Charlie, Charlie Cox is returning as Daredevil. Kevin Feige has officially confirmed that the MCU's version of Daredevil will be played by none other than Charlie Cox, the actor who nailed the character's portrayal in the Netflix's. Oh my goodness, I really jacked that all up, didn't I? <laughs> the actor who nailed the character's portrayal in Netflix's Daredevil. <laughs> Feige confirmed that the actor would reprise his role in the MCU as the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, but would not confirm where or when we may see him again. Whether the actor will receive a more than worthy Disney Plus series or cameos in upcoming MCU projects remains to be seen. So that gets the ball rolling, I think, for the uh, for the yeah. Netflix Netflix that would, verse. That'd be nice, and I loved uh, the Netflix Daredevil. Uh, oh, yeah. Great series, great take on the character. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, honestly, all the Netflix Marvel series were awesome. Yeah, I agree but, uh, 100%. I really loved uh, that version of Matt Murdock. Uh, Charlie Cox knocked it out of the park. Uh, so glad to see he will be coming back. I will also comment that I really hate saying the possessive of Netflix. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just the <laughs> that's worst. what screwed me up. Yeah, Netflix's Netflix's. It's just come on, it's quite the tongue twister. Yeah. And before we end the gaming segment, I must remind everyone that the PlayStation holiday sale starts on Wednesday and will run until 119 and select titles until 14. Wow. So Nick. get out there and save your bucks. Nick's going <laughs> off script on us here. Holy cow. Bro. Hey, it's hot off the warning press. next time. Hot off the press and the email. <laughs> hot off the press. <laughs> And that concludes our gaming segment. <laughs> Moving on to what I think is kind of like our uh, micro. Um, never mind. Universal's after it's Fox. This is our miscellaneous section. Welcome. Lego Masters <laughs> has been renewed for a third season um, here in 2022 on Fox. The unscripted Lego building competition show hosted by Will Arnett pulled good ratings for content of its class, which isn't the widest class um, on Fox <laughs> for its second season. And the president of Fox's get this alternative entertainment and specials division um, <laughs> gave it quality praise stating thanks to our amazing and hilarious host, Will Arnett, our immensely talented crew and our fantastic producing partners. The love of Lego brand keeps growing. Last summer's creations were even more spectacular than those in our debut season. And we will continue to raise the bar of creativity with season three. And Arnett himself added some praise saying, I'm excited to be part of TV's longest running unscripted Danish toy building show, <laughs> which it's the only one. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, it's knocking out of the park for its hey. category. And uh, I'm sure that article made you pretty happy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a nice, nice Big uh, fan of Lego, you know. Yeah, like Tuesday watch, you know, it feels that <clears throat> weird, like nostalgic 7 p.m. hour, like on a Tuesday <laughs> that used to we that used to have all the time back when we were younger, you know, because yeah. right, before you yeah, stream everything. So, like, I don't know, it just kind of takes me back a little bit there. And it's just, it's just like an easy watch, you can almost be on your phone sometimes. Um, <laughs> anyway. Moving on, over at Universal, they are developing a new take on the Phantom of the Opera, uh, originally the 1910 novel. The film will be set in modern-day New Orleans and follow a neo-soul singer mentored by a mysterious man as mishaps occur in a famed club attempting to stay relevant and vibrant in the unique setting of the Big Easy. John Legend is a producer, and the script is written by John Fusco, who is creator of Netflix's Marco Polo and writer of the film The Highwaymen, starring Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. Um, this sounds cool. Family opera. It's been done a few times, uh, but definitely a pretty new setting. Yeah. Dropping it right in New Orleans. And obviously, it's, it's a modern day. Do you guys remember that modern day take on Romeo and Juliet that had like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got to be honest with you. Uh, everybody hates that movie, but I, I, I think I kind of love it to be honest with you. And it might just yep. be a nostalgic thing at this point. Yeah. Because that was I saw it, like, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, man, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the name of it. Yeah, they had like uh, guns and stuff. Yeah. They were like, yeah, basically like two family gangs and like, I don't know, LA, I want to say, or somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could, could be. be totally wrong, but yeah, they had guns and stuff. It was oh wow, I found the cover the thing, That's pretty rowdy. Yeah, what's it called? The th- oh, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Oh and, wow! Okay. And there's just like <laughs> ten arms coming from each side of the picture with just guns. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, so the 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 cool thing about that movie is while it's like a modern take as far as the guns and all that stuff. The, all the lines in it are ripped right out of Shakespeare. So it feels a little funky probably now to go back and watch it because it's like very modern, but they're speaking like Shakespeare. You know, that all the lines are literally Leo, word Leo. for word. Yeah, yeah. Man. young Leo, man. Wow. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I, I want to go watch He's sexy. That He's sexy. It, uh, I'm not going to lie. It, is it streaming anywhere, Nick? I hope. Um, let me check. I've clicked on too many. It's been a couple of years since, since I first watched it. searching that. Um, it's a watch free. Wait, is that YouTube? Dude, you can watch it free on YouTube. Oh, nice. oh sweet. I'm in. Holy crap. It, there's an in free section on YouTube movies. Nice. Wow. Dang. The more Wonder, you, know. uh, you, guys, you guys should go yeah. watch that because it's uh, interesting. It looks I like a Miami saw... Vice. Like, yeah, that's or... that's what I. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I thought it was like Florida, like Southern Florida. Miami but... Vice. Yeah, he's got he's got, he's got he's got the he's got the uh, um, Oh, nice. Yeah, freaking dude, shirt, oh, shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> when this version of Phantom of the Opera comes out, that'll be a nice double feature for you guys. You can watch. Yeah. Uh, oh, Leo, very true. Leo's Romeo and Juliet, and then you can go see this Phantom of the Opera in theater. Moving on. Moving on here. Japan's suicide forest, subject of a new horror film. A new supernatural horror film will be set around Japan's infamous suicide forest. Suicide Forest Village, coming from the director of The Grudge, will follow a group who come across a mysterious box with a deadly secret. The source of the box is the Jukai village, a rumored location deep within the forest. The real life forest is well known for its frequent suicides and disappearances, has captured interest for years, but has yet to be made into a horror film. The combo should make for a terrifying ride. Yeah. Uh, How's it going to be a bunch of Americans like on vacation or are they going to like just uh, Logan (laughs) probably? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a di- I, I can't stand <laughs> What a terrible thing to do. Yeah, uh, for sure. Also, text up with Jake Paul knocking out Tyrone Woodley. It's completely here. Yeah, other conversation. Mean, but uh, yeah, it really is. But kind of infuriates me. It infuriates you, but I'm pretty sure all that stuff's set up. Like it's in there. They they said that it's in their contracts in the past fights to not be able to knock each other out. So it's like. 
they're just doing it for money, man. It's not even mm-hmm. worth the watch. Catch That's it free true. on That's Twitch. True. That's true. That's true. All right, what do we got next there, Nicholas? Snoop Dogg and Curtis 50 Cent Jackson are set to develop and produce a new series for stars titled A Moment in Time, Murder Was the Case. This is the second part of the stars A Moment in Time anthology series. The first story in the series is titled A Moment in Time, The Massacre, which is about 50 Cent's rivalry with rapper The Game. The new series will focus on Snoop's murder trial in 1993 and his hit single Murder Was the Case. Snoop had this to say about the project. I am excited to finally tell the story of Murder Was the Case. This was a pivotal moment in my career, and I've deliberately waited until I found the right partner to bring this to the screen. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Um, (laughs) And and so, like, the big thing is, like, his murder trial, his debut album was coming out. Murder Was the Case was the song on the album, and it was, like, the hit single, and... It was just the whole thing. Um, yeah, he's that, actually that on murder. Yeah, that line's ripped out of a couple of his songs too. Yep, this yeah. street knowledge thing. I, I I can get behind it. I I'm a little bit more interested in the Fifty Cent and Game thing, just because that yeah. was like, uh, you know, I remember buying their albums back in the day. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm interested. Uh, is that already out? The massacre. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this okay. looks second part of the, I'm pretty sure by the way this is written I did not I was not aware that this was a thing or was out I just always know like 50 cents always to like up to a bunch of stuff but his marketing style isn't very straightforward on his social media yeah. he's usually <laughs> right. just like yelling about something else that's happening <laughs> and like trying to promote something that's not happening I don't know it's so weird when I'd rather him tweet about this maybe he did and I missed it right but, yeah um definitely sounds awesome. interesting I like these I like these little little um hip-hop history bits um true true or you know dramatized yeah for sure because i i I would love to see i loved straight out of compton and they Mm kind of teased like tupac at the end of that movie and then a tupac unrelated movie came out so i don't know if they just let it go by the wayside because of that but i'd love to see whoever did straight out of compton do a tupac story because they did a great job with the first one yeah yeah definitely need to see more of that um, moving on to a Netflix segment, uh, Felicia Day will be hosting an official Witcher season two after show airing on YouTube and Facebook titled The Witcher Unlocked will be 60 minutes long. It will feature interviews from the cast and showrunners and will also include deleted scenes and details on how season two leads into season three and the upcoming prequel, The Witcher Blood Origin which is a six-part miniseries, 1,200 years before the current show and the focus on the first Witcher. Um, at first, I was confused how a release-all-at-once show got a after-show, but it's just a single <laughs> after-show. Like after season yeah. show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> after you binge it, now watch this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, because I was thinking that as you were reading, I was like, is this going to be another like weekly release thing like we've been talking about? Right. Or? Yeah, I had to. I had to go back. And, I mean, we watched the first two episodes last night, and I was like, I have to go back and be like, "Am I about to like hit a a, a wall here and like can't yeah. watch the rest?" Um, and then I was like, "Is this?" Yeah, I was like, "This this all makes sense now." Um, nice. Yeah, I need, only- to, I need to watch. I need to watch The Witcher because I I watched the first couple episodes probably. Okay, uh, but I always season? mean to go. Yeah, the first season. I always mean to go back and watch it, and I just never get around to it because by the time I'm in that kind of mood, I go back to Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> yeah, I break I think, that. Yeah, I think now starting to watch season two. I think this might be something by time they get like three seasons in, and then with some of these uh, prequels and all this other content built up around it, it will get up there. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just not going to roll out the same as Game of Thrones, right, um, right? Whole different like you know, yeah, way that rolled out. Whereas like The Witcher, I think it'll be like a slow build, and once you have enough put together, it'll it'll really start to click. I mean, season two of the second season, probably one of the scarier things I've seen, like legitimately really? Like, terrifying, really, yeah, interesting, Freak, freaky. I'll put it that way. Like wow. it's. 
it's interesting. Um, yeah. Very cool what they did in like, you know, just an hour episode. And yeah. that's also the the thing I you have to settle with about The Witcher is it does, though, unlike Game of Thrones, it's it it sticks to the campy episode arc of like there's a monster to kill in every episode. Yeah, yeah. So it's right. more like Gotham um, and those type of shows where there is a camp about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I need to check it out. I, I enjoy the universe full stop so i love the witcher 3 so yeah. maybe once that remaster comes out i'll hop in do it sounds nice i know uh you were chastising me about game of thrones when i yes. said i might start watching the witcher so <laughs> yeah. we'll see yeah. just do it um we have another piece of netflix news here and uh this one revolves around the fall of the house of usher and some mega casting news and i mean like it's, this is so much casting news in two separate articles um <clears throat> so our favorite netflix horror creator slash director mike flanagan has made some big casting decisions concerning his new miniseries the fall of the house of usher which is based on quote multiple works by edgar Allan poe rather than just the titular short story uh, while plot details are largely unknown we do know that the series will be eight episodes long and the following have been cast. So we have Frank Langella. I'm probably going to butcher a ton of these names, but you know, just laugh at it. Uh, he's like been cast as <laughs> Roderick Usher. Um, Mary McDonnell has been cast as Madeline Usher. Carl Lumley has been cast as C. August Dupin. And the following uh, people have been cast in unnamed roles. <clears throat> and uh, sit down. It's going to be a, bit, a minute here. Uh, Carl, Carla, uh, Gugino, Mark Hamill. That's right. I said Mark Hamill, Henry Thomas, Samantha Sloyan, Tinia Miller, Rahul Kohli, Kate Siegel, Sarian Sapkota, Zach Guilford, Katie Parker, Michael Trucco, Malcolm Goodwin, Crystal Ballant, Kylie Curran. Paola Nunez, Aya Furukawa, Matt Bidel, Daniel June, Ruth Codd, Robert Longstreet, Annabeth Gish, Igby Rigney, and Jar Tanako have all been cast <laughs> in this eight-episode miniseries, uh, a lot of which have been a part of his like little, uh, you know, anthological universe he has with the uh, hill house bly manor and midnight mass <clears throat> so yeah. a lot of familiar faces returning but the biggest one i took out of this was mark hamill which is pretty yeah nice. interesting interesting uh, for sure you could have just said mark hamill what what others what is this about <laughs> do we know what this is about he's uh it's various stories uh and works of edgar Allan poe oh he's so they're just doing like, like a retelling of them a series yeah huh. um so yeah it should be interesting i've i've enjoyed everything mike flanagan has done on netflix so i'm pretty excited about this yeah for sure well moving on to a rumor here Mega Man is getting a live action movie yeah. rumors have been swirling around that Mega Man may be the next classic video game to get the live action adaptation Although sources have been very loud about the project, Netflix or Capcom have yet to reveal any official details. Mega Man has received several cartoon adaptations, but has never received any sort of live-action treatment. With a large pool of games and stories to pick from, Mega Man could transition well if taken down the Sonic the Hedgehog route. Mega Man could soon join Arcane, The Witcher, and Castlevania, Netflix's hugely successful game adaptations. Mm. That's right. I'm glad you put Arcane in there. Arcane. <laughs> Greatest anime ever. All right. You guys ready? Welcome to Star Boys. That's and right. we're going to wrap up this longer than normal episode of the newscast with a little star boy segment and cover some star Wars news. Now this first one isn't exactly star Wars news, but it's mentioned and it is important. 
um, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Wally are among 25 movies that have been added to the Library of Congress's National Film Registry this year. The National Film Preservation Act dictates that the librarian of Congress, these are all things I did not know existed, <laughs> must choose 25 films each year, which are culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and at least 10 years old to be added to the National Film Registry. There are currently 825 films in this registry, and perhaps this is how we should reset our piles of what we need to watch. Bro, how do I run for this position? I know. Right. Like, can Sounds I amazing. be the librarian of Congress? Like, right. What uh, are the credentials? I'll just take, you know, take each month to decide two films each month. And then I'll, you know, one month we'll decide on three films. And then that's my job. I mean, I'm sure the librarian of Congress ha has a lot of other things to do, but I mean, Oh, for sure. If I was the librarian of Congress, that would be my sole job. I, I, I picture myself as library of Congress. And like, I do have like a million other things that are actually way more important, but whenever anyone's like talking to me in the back of my head, like this is what I'm thinking about. I'm like, what's yeah. on the list this year? Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to get dad in there. Sorry, president. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's Mike. <laughs> Can I get dad in here? <laughs> All right. What's up next? So we got another rumor, and could Harrison Ford be returning to Star Wars? Boo. Despite being very public in his distaste for the Star Wars franchise, Harrison Ford has reportedly struck a deal to return to our favorite galaxy. While this remains a rumor, the 79-year-old could be popping up somewhere in the plethora of upcoming Star Wars projects. Same sources state that Ford has recently filmed a, quote, de-aged Han Solo for the project, unquote. They don't say what project. Not important, right? But mm. could Solo show up in The Mandalorian Season 3, The Book of Boba Fett, or another Star Wars title? Couldn't they just use the dude who played Han in yeah, Solo? Like, well, yeah, <laughs> there's plenty I of... Feel like who is yeah. literally cast yeah. as a de-aged Han Solo? <laughs> <laughs> literally, and did it. And and I thought, I mean, I don't know how you guys job. feel about I it. Like but I thought he movie. did great. Yeah, I thought yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, it it fits well. And the the, the de-aging thing doesn't work for me because Do they de-aged De Niro in The Irishman, and there's a, like a scene where he beats up like a store clerk, and Ooh, you can tell yeah. that it's like a ninety or eighty year old guy. Just, you know, like he's not doing any damage to this and dude, just, but the dude's screaming. <laughs> just imagine, uh, you know, those those videos that were coming out uh, like during the Cavs, uh, you know, finals run and stuff those years yeah. uh, ago of like, um, you know, clips from movies. And they would just like Photoshop like LeBron's head on characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> imagine Robert De Niro fighting someone in that style. Where yes. I mean, it, like it's a like a young version of his face photoshopped up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like that because they, it's I think stiff. they try to like, yeah, it's very, he's very, very stiff. Like he's, yeah. You have to watch it to see what I'm talking about because it's, That's it's awesome. worth seeing. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I know we're running real long on the newscast. I only got one more article, but, um, but I have a story. I hate what Disney or, and Star Wars are, are doing with this de aging stuff and yeah. like just CGIing deceased actors and actresses. Yeah, that's kind of screwed up. It's yeah. just like, bro, recast. Yeah. Like, we understand. I, <laughs> we get it. They're yeah. dying <laughs> or dead. Yeah. Like, bro, just. I think stop. that I think that they're like scared of. of yeah you know hurting the fan base so it's better to fan base a bunch of goons man they'll, they'll yeah. rough you up that's on true man that's true <laughs> um and i have a quick story though about like harrison ford obviously being public about not liking star wars or not caring about star wars so yeah uh my family was over this saturday um for some like chris uh chris christmas cookie decorating and my dad's sitting there with my son and my son wants him to read books to him. And my dad's just like, you know, he's kind of like grumpy about it because he doesn't want to sit there and read a book necessarily. <laughs> well, I, 
he wants to read this book called um, Five More Sleeps Till Christmas, and it's by Jimmy Fallon. So I slipped my dad the info that I'm like, oh, look, I'm like, he wants you to read that book. It's by Jimmy Fallon, because I knew my dad's response would be, oh, Jimmy Fallon. He's like, he's one of those liberals. It's <laughs> 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 so like, he has this like, like three second, like little like twitch about it and then continues to read the book. Um, <laughs> so, so basically like i just i i understand harrison ford he's just like that curmudgeon you know yeah he is, he is. he's like and i don't it, care about the force yeah. or like any of that stuff yeah his, <laughs> and his interviews are always hilarious too like who's yeah, not yeah, first he, you or greedo and he's like i don't care yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say didn't you like say something hilarious along those lines about like uh in the the sequels you know him appearing to kylo as like a force ghost or something yeah or, i don't yeah, know he's yeah, like yeah. Oh, who, who cares i i don't give an f or something like yeah that. yeah it's it yeah. it's not in the script like what's the point yeah <laughs> all right bring us home nick okay so lucasfilm is looking to cast amandla sternberg in the lead, lead role of its upcoming live action star wars plus or Star Wars Disney Plus series, The Acolyte. Uh, she is currently in talks to join the project. What we know about the series is that it's a mystery thriller that will take viewers into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era, some 200 years before the Skywalker saga begins. This, I hope, is a great opportunity to see some pre-Palpatine Sith stuff and for like Disney to kind of start cementing their um, pre-Skywalker Sith dark side stories, which largely are in Legends right now. Um, right, and obviously yeah. tailing last week's episode, this right now is like a huge void of mm-hmm. like non-canon stuff that needs yeah, to become for sure. canon. Yeah. So I, 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 am, I am happy they are making a series that's focused, what it seems like on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was excited to find this article after, you know, last week when uh, we were, you know, talking about the status of this series. Uh, so it's cool to see that they're, you know, looking for looking to cast their lead role. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of movies, but nothing I'm really familiar with. This uh, Amandla Sternberg. Yeah, she sounds, uh, that name sounds vaguely the familiar. Hate, the Hate You Give, Darkest Minds, Everything, Everything, The Hunger Games. Hmm. 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 It's probably one of those people like, oh, I, I know who that is. Yeah. Face, no name. For sure. For sure. It's like the, the coach from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Let's call him dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. Coach. <laughs> Once again... Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this both entertaining and informative. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe everywhere you consume our content. Find all the places we publish our content on our link tree. Which is linktr.ee slash showboyspodcast. Be sure to merch join shop. our... That's right. We have the new merch shop on there, also in the episode description. Uh, but be sure to join our Discord server and become a member of the Showboys community to hang out with the Showboys staff and other listeners, as well as get some cool perks, such as being able to see all the articles we had to choose from for this episode of the newscast, but weren't able to squeeze into the episode. All article links covered in this episode will be available in Discord. If you have anything you would like us to cover in more detail or include in a future episode, please comment where available. Email us at showboyspodcast at gmail.com or join us in the Showboys Discord for all the community action. Thanks for uh, checking out the newscast, and we hope to see you on Thursday, where we will be reviewing Krampus. Have a wonderful night, and yeah, subscribe!